is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is KJ Live with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson. You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is an 11-year NBA veteran. Won an NBA championship with the Miami Heat since... Retiring from the game, he spends his time as a analyst for the Gold State Warriors on the NBC uh, Bay Area Network and the program director for Kanye West's Dunda Academy, a prep school based out here on the West Coast. Uh, it was really a great pleasure and honor to interview somebody that I've followed his entire career since he was a youngster, uh, Darrell Wright. Welcome to the show, my man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Oh, no doubt, man. It's, it's always great to talk to you, man. Uh, you've always been one of the guys over the years that uh, is one of the guys that represented the city of Los Angeles in, in an excellent kind of manner. You and your brother, your entire family. So uh, we had to get you uh, on the show, man. I, I guess what I wanted to know, man, a lot of people know about you, uh, but they don't really know about Darrell. 
right. talk a little bit about where you were born, what you know, section of the city of Los Angeles that you were born in and where you grew up. Well, to be the street term, I grew up in the hundreds, South okay. Central Los Angeles, Imperial and Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the places that a lot of people know is Southwest College, you mm-hmm. know, the old bowling alley, uh, Lucy, stuff like that. So that's where I grew up, man. And a crazy childhood as far as just where I grew up at and, you know, where I where it took me, you know, the things it taught me. So definitely proud of where I'm from. Uh, definitely wasn't easy growing up in that area just because we know about the gang cultures in Los Angeles. And I just told my son, it's like, I used to have to walk to school every day when I went to Washington high school and I'm walking through three to four different hoods every single day. So it's a blessing that, you know, I made it through all that and I'm here because any day could have been my day, you know, mistaken identity, uh, me being affiliated with certain people I grew up with. So, uh, I love where I'm from. I rep it hard. And I think we had a lot of talent come out of that area. No, absolutely. Uh, the, the South Central section of the city of Los Angeles has some of the greatest athletes that we've ever seen across all sports. Yeah. Leg- legends of the game. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to kind of uh, d- drill down into, man, when you're, when you're you know, a youngster and you're walking through these hoods and you have to worry about, you know, what color you wear to school. That was the era of that. How, what sort of advice or who did you lean on for direction and advice, man, telling you, hey, man, you, you know, you can't, you know, because my question is, man, you walking through different hoods where if you wore blue that day, well, you, one of them hoods is a blood hood. So it's like, right. so it's like, how did that work? You know, who and who taught you how to move in those situations? Uh, your peers, you know, having awareness and, you know, my parents, I had both parents at home. I was one of the only kid, not you know, it was very few of us in my neighborhood that grew up with both parents. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends grew up with single mother homes or either live with their grandparents, things of that nature. And, you know, when you grow up, it's a lot of kids that's way more mature than you. Uh, they know a lot more than you. Their parents are letting them watch and learn stuff uh, that your mom and dad might be screening you from. And, you know, probably just not ready to have a conversation about uh, about certain things with you. So you learn a lot of stuff from school. And elementary, I learned stuff because, you know, a lot of my friends, either family or somebody, you know, cousin, friend was affiliated with something. So that's kind of where you learn stuff from. And uh, you, you kind of believe them until you learn the, the real truth about a lot of stuff. But a lot of the stuff that I learned from my friends was dead on, like what section, what hood is this, what they do over here. So that's kind of how I learned at an early age, elementary about the gang culture and uh, different sections and what they say, the lingo, the terminology, the colorways, all that stuff. So I learned that from my peers. And then, you know, being on those bikes, being outside, that's where you learn how to be street smart and, you know, have the awareness of what to do, not to do and things of that nature. So uh, and, and definitely my mom and dad tried to let me know, you know, when certain people are doing certain things, it's okay to be like, yo, I'm sitting this one out. It's okay for them to say, oh, you know, as in at LA term, you a square or you being a weirdo or whatever, because you don't want to interact in certain things, you know, that's going to get you in trouble. So I think my mom and dad did an awesome job with letting us know, like, hey, it is okay if somebody think you a certain way, because you don't think that's cool. So I was super aware of a lot of things. So, yes, you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, grew up in a gang culture and relatives and stuff like that. I just chose to stay active in sports. My mom and dad did a great job with 
putting us in baseball, basketball, football year round. So we always stay active. We always stay busy. So they did an awesome job with that. And baseball, I've heard you talk about it was your first love. Talk about yeah. why you love the game of baseball and why you got into it. Well, if you know anything about that area, about Southwest, you got the batting cage over there yep. as well. So it's like, that was right. I, we lived down on a cul-de-sac. So I used to run up, you know, the side of the freeway. We had like a little entrance you could go through. You knew you knew. And that gets you to the batting cage in like two seconds. So I got the batting cage right there. I grew up playing at Holly Park. And, you know, your, all your people in your neighborhood, they played baseball because the park was right there. You know, parents always want to keep their kids active. So uh, my dad was a big baseball head. He played in high school at Fremont High. So he wanted us to be baseball players as well. So I was basically groomed to be a baseball player, me and my brother DeLon, uh, whether that was in the backyard, hitting off the tee, soft toss with my dad against a big old comforter he hung up on the, on the garage, or whether that's us playing catch, us going to Holly Park with either my dad or my coach, Randy Odom, uh, who coached me for years, doing pitching practice, infield, batting. So it was kind of something that I knew from day one. So, you know, I, I just stuck with it, stuck with it. And, you know, I, I really had so much fun. I met all my friends playing baseball or people in my neighborhood play baseball. So that's kind of how it was the number one sport in our household because my dad was really influencing us to be baseball players. And so you said your dad went to Fremont and played baseball. Did, did he by any chance play with Eric Davis? Because Eric Davis from the Reds played at Fremont. I don't know. Your dad might have been younger, though. Yeah, I think my dad might be a little bit younger than Eric okay. Davis. So okay. he missed playing with Eric Davis. But I was but he he let me know who Eric Davis was. You know, obviously I knew who these dudes was when they was in the league, but yeah. not knowing that these dudes, Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry and all these dudes played in my backyard. You know what I mean? So that was inspiring. Yeah. I used to want to be like Daryl Strawberry. So yeah, uh, it it was pretty dope to know that they were inner city kids that made it to the league. Yeah, quick story about those two gentlemen that you mentioned. My dad used to take me up to uh, this old summer league called Joe Weekly's Run, Dunk, and Shoot League at Crenshaw. Okay, okay. It was, it was like the Drew before the Drews, like everything before the everything. All the pros, all, and then all the top local guys. And back then, you know, guys, it was a lot of cast that could hoop, but didn't was prop 48, didn't have the mm -hmm. grades. You know, went had to go to JUCO, but had major respect and put it down. So major time, major big time hoop. Man, I roll up with my pop. We walk in, and on the gym entrance, right, it's like two red or one blue and one red of uh, Mercedes Benz 500 SEL back in the day. Okay. The SE, the big body. Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry are standing, kind of let's sitting out on front. Both of them got curls. First okay. Of all. Both <laughs> of them got the big, the thick, the thick link. Uh -huh. And they rocking full length, full head to toe leather suits, bro. Leather, wow. leather, bro. In, in the middle of the summer, in the that's a fade. Hey, that's killer. Just to, just to let you know how big time them dudes was. They was yeah. posting and they was posting. But but anyway, enough about them guys. What position did you play, by the way, uh, Darrell? Well, I grew up being a shortstop. We all know everybody want to be a shortstop growing up. You either want to pitch or play shortstop. So I played shortstop. I was really utility. I played a lot of shortstop, a lot of back catcher, and I pitched uh, a lot. But once I got older, high school, I was a first baseman and a right fielder because a scout told me the first day of RBI, reviving baseball in the inner city, I played mm -hmm. under uh, the Dodgers organization, won two championships, was oh. sponsored by Gary uh, Sheffield. The first day I went out, and at this time I'm like six six, and I'm at third base. And this scout named Mr. Butler 
uh, was like, what are you doing, son? From the White Sox, too. And I was like, nothing. I play third base. He said, no, you don't. You say, he said, you're a first baseman or a right fielder. You need to go tell your parents to buy you a first baseman glove. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I uh, ventured over to first base. I, like I said, I was six six. So he was like, you're going to make yourself a lot of money if you can uh, be a first baseman at that height or a right fielder because I can already hit. So, uh, you know, I finished that off as a right fielder in the first baseman. Hey, what was your moment? In your baseball career, man, where you said, was there a moment or was there just a, a gradual kind of drifting away where you were like, I'm putting down the bat and ball and I'm picking up this this rock over here, this hoop rock, and I'm putting on, on my basket? Because, you know, as somebody that came out as a high schooler, right, you didn't have a lot of time to be doing a bunch of stuff. So it happened real right. quick. I, you was right. baseball for a minute and then you yeah. got good at basketball, apparently. Right. But were you good at both simultaneously? Yeah, I think I was getting better. I've always played on a black top outside. I always had a court. I think my parents bought me a court. My seven years old for Christmas, so I always had a court. I always stayed active. Never really played on a team uh, like a travel team. But you know, it was funny. I'm, I'm from you know where I told you I'm from, but I used to go play rec ball at St. Andrews Park. If you yes. know any of the history. My Those dad. sides don't get along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, my, my dad. That's where my dad grew up playing. It's St. Andrews, bro. Yeah, St. Andrews Park. I'm a St. Andrews Park baby. Yeah. Uh, me, Hassan Adams, Ray Ray Reed, and a bunch of others that came through there. But I played at St. Andrews Rec. I was always one of the top players, make the all-star team every year. But I was like, you know, I, I'm just doing this, but I want to be a baseball player. So when I when it came to that point where I had to meet it in the middle and like, yo, what I'm going to do was my senior year of high school, I was still playing at losing year. Uh, one of the top players in the area. Uh, the year before, I was first. No, I was second team all area. My senior year, I was second team all area as well. But a scout came to my game and said that same Mr. Butler. He said, "Hey, it's time for you to put all your eggs in one basket. We got scouts. We got different people asking, what is the real right going to do? It's almost time to get drafted. Are you going to be a baseball player? Or are you going to be a basketball player? Mm-hmm. Right there on the spot, I told him, I'm going to be a basketball player. Now I'm getting all the attention off basketball. I got UConn. I got Coach uh, Henry Bibby coming up to see my baseball game. It's how bad he wants me. Uh, you know, I got Jim Calhoun on the phone. I got Steve Offord on the phone because he was at Iowa. I'm got I got all these schools recruiting me now, and I'm loving it. I'm like, this is this is it. Like my friends are all in the baseball. I mean, on basketball teams now. So at that point, I made my decision. And I would never forget telling my mom and dad they were livid. they like, dude, you don't make no decisions around here without, uh, you know, consulting with us. Like, yeah. who are you to tell this dude that you're not doing this no more? And I was like, mom, dad, like, I'm, I want to be a basketball player. And, you know, they were upset about it. And then they let me kind of be, be me and, and, and be that uh, young adult that made a real big decision on the spot to an MLB scout. You know what I mean? That was crazy. So they were definitely mad, and but it ended up working out. At the end of the day, what gave you that confidence to tell this Major League Baseball scout? Because, you know, I've been in front of scouts, and, you know, I mean, we know how that feeling is when you're in front of somebody that's in the league. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and you're young, too. Like, what gave yeah. you the confidence to tell him no to baseballs? I just felt like I was trending in the right direction for for uh, basketball. Like I said, I, I when I when I tell you I was talking to these people, they were coming to the school. Like okay. I went okay. to Kingwood Classic with uh, SCA Pat Barrett. 
No, they they had hardwood. Is it hardwood cast uh, classic? Okay, and it was in Houston. It was a tournament oh, Houston. in Houston. Yeah, Houston. So my coach let me and my parents were super loyal. Let me go play with Pat Bear for one tournament, and I played with Marcus Johnson, Aaron Afalo, Taylor King, that all group. these great players. Yeah, you know what group. I mean? Yeah, me, I'm still green. Like I played for independent team for uh, the last three years. So I'm going to play with SCM. I'm getting all this gear. Like I'm, I'm living this like low key a rock star team. You know, everybody know the history of SCA. Yep. So I'm like, this is lit. First day, I kind of put my imprint. Like, yo, I'm one of them. Like, I know all y'all great players, but I'm gonna be out here playing hard. And I was the leading scorer that whole tournament. All these schools was like, yo, like who is this kid? So. After that tournament, I had Dave Lado, I had Henry Bibby, yeah. I had uh, Coach Vaughn from UConn. They come into the school to see me. Yeah. So I'm in like, person. In person. In person. <laughs> like, yeah, they come and pulling up to the school. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so like, I got a chance at this, you know, to go to college. NBA is nowhere in sight. I'm like, I can go to college. So right. Right. that's when I knew, like, I had that confidence. Like, yo, I got a chance to go play college basketball. UConn, USC, like, I'm with it. So that's kind of where I knew and had that confidence where I'm like, I can get a, I can be done with baseball. Yeah, they make a lot of money. But in the back of my mind, I'm still being smart because I'm like, you got rookie ball. You got A. You got double A. You got triple A. Now you're 35 years old. You probably first getting your first taste of the, of the league. I'm thinking like that at that age. So I'm okay. like, dude, I'd rather play who? Yeah. And coming out, you had comparisons to uh, T-Mac. Uh, yep. I'm curious, though. How much influence did Kobe Bryant have on your game at that time? Because my theory is this, real quick, real quick. Since you weren't on the typical circuit and everybody was didn't see you, right? So everybody, pretty, you know how we know each other game once you start seeing each other on the circuit. You know how it is. We start talking. We are we do our own scouting report. So you went down yeah. to, King, to Kingwood and probably just absolutely turned it out because I know what you were at, six seven, six eight back then. Yeah, I was six seven right at that, that time. Were you booming? Were you booming on fools a lot back then, or was it? Oh more yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it was the boom, the boom, the boom. It was booming <laughs> and a lot of a lot of middies. I, yeah. I used to oh. have a nice mid range, so yeah. I'm making and that and that's crazy you say that because a lot of my friends just say you play like Kobe. I think the athleticism and just being so raw and just jumping in the air and just making decisions Figuring like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where the T-Mac came from. But I had a lot of Kobe stuff in me. You know what I mean? Just from watching the Lakers. I used to sit there yeah. with my dad. He used to be like, how you a basketball player? You don't watch basketball. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, you're right. So I used to sit there with my dad and watch Laker games. And, you know, when you see somebody, you go mimic that stuff. So the footwork, get into your spots, all that type of stuff. I used to have a little bit of Kobe in me as well. Yep, absolutely. So you had every coach in the country uh, pretty much recruiting you, showing interest in you. That must have felt great. At a, this is why you were at Luzinger. Talk a little bit, yep. though, about just the Luzinger uh, tradition um, in, in basketball. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that you guys have a number of first-round draft picks um, and some high-quality uh, professional athletes. Right. Well, let me tell you this quick story before I get to that and how that how yeah. the tradition even started. So yeah, let's hear. Let's hear. Uh, my ninth and 10th grade, I went to Washington High. So that wasn't the goal. The goal was for me to go to Palisades. Uh, my mom and dad wasn't feeling that. I, and when I went to when I was going to go to Palisades, I was going to play baseball, football and basketball. So I was in line to play all three sports there. Like I'm talking to the coaches, everything. It was all set. 
end up not going there. So uh, the next thing was to go maybe to like Sarah, uh, go play with Pooh Jetter and all them. Didn't place well in their tests. Mm-hmm. So my mom and dad was like, uh, so I ended up going to end up going to Washington, go to Washington for two years. Uh, tried to play basketball my freshman year. Coach Andy Davis told me I couldn't play varsity ninth grade. You got to play JV. I said, well, I'm not playing. So that was that. I played baseball my ninth grade year. Fifth grade year, roll around. Now I'm, I'm about to play varsity. I make the varsity team. Now you got uh, Andre Patterson, uh, Wayne Chamberlain, Antoine right? Parker. Okay. You know what I mean? Like some real OGs yeah. in LA basketball. You know what I mean? Cedric Smith, who yeah. played. He was the only freshman to play. And that, and that kind of was why I was like, yo, sick, man. Varsity ninth grade. Well, I can't play varsity, so whatever. Tenth uh, grade come around, I make the team. I play one tournament at Beverly Hills High School. Now I'm ineligible, so I can't play. Uh, now I got to get my grades right. Mm-hmm. End up playing the last game at Fairfax in a playoff game, but I still play baseball. Uh, was one of the best players in baseball. Went 0-22 in two years. We didn't win one game on a baseball team. Pops like, we going, we out. So that's what we tried to get back in Sarah. That didn't work out. The coach at Sarah said, my boy coaches at Losinger, Joel Romero, and he can, he'll take him. And we went and talked to Romero, made it happen. It was like, only thing is, Romero, you're going to have to pick me up every day for school if you want me to come there. No problem. So that's how I ended up at Losinger. Coach Romero uh, sent me, I mean, came pick me up every day for two years. Took me, took me to school, picked me up. I know that don't happen no more. Uh, that, that's that old school stuff when your coach come pick you up and things like that. So how, how are those car rides to, to and from school? Uh, man? Amazing. Amazing. Because one of the things he did, he opened my mind up. Uh, you know, I'm so West Coast. I really thought I was in a beef with Snoop and and the dog pound and, you know, death row. I didn't listen to no East Coast music. He introduced me to Jay-Z, uh, the blueprint, too. We listened to that thing uh, every day for a whole year. So I'm like, dang. Like I'm tripping on these dudes, <laughs> like you know, I really think I'm I'm all the way. We don't listen to the East Coast. Oh uh, no, nah, so, you don't even know that side of the beat. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I want to know if he even know that. Like he influenced me to listen to more East Coast music, Jay Z and stuff like that. So the car rides was, was great. You know, it was like he felt like he was like a big brother to me. If anything, Coach Romero. So get the losing your day one. He see the basketball coach. He said, "You want me to introduce you to the basketball coach?" I was like, "Nah, I came here to play baseball." at Washington and then work out. I'm focusing on baseball. He's like, man, let's just meet him. So I'm like, all right, we're going to meet him. So Travis Show walked through, I meet him. And at this time, I'm 6'6". He's like, yo, you know, we'd love to have you, you know, come to a tryout or, you know, open gym Tuesday. I'm like, you know, I came here to play baseball, but I'll come. Go, so Tuesday roll around. I go to the gym. My guy, Derek Clark, uh, Tweedy, who went to Crenshaw High School as well, uh, was there. I go into to the open gym. I kill everybody. And I was like, hey, show Walker, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm going to play, too. I'm going to play basketball as well. So that's kind of how that happened. Uh, and then, you know, my first year there, my 11th grade year, we weren't that good with 8 and 18. Uh, they, they let go show Walker. So he found another job. Uh, Reggie Morris Jr. rolls in. Uh, young coach. I think at that time, Reg was only 22 years old when he coached. 22, 23. So he kind of 
came in, you know, not, I don't want to say arrogant. He came in like on some, yeah, we turning this thing around. And I hit him with the, I'm leaving. I'm going to Westchester. <laughs> Trevor Ariza, Bobby Brown, uh, uh, Scott Cutley, Jonathan Smith. They're my homies now. So I'm, I'm going to play with the homies. Yeah. I'm not coming back here. Yeah. So, you know, they come have a meeting with my mom and dad, like, yo, we need him here. My mom and dad was like, he ain't going to know Westchester. He is there to play baseball, first off. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so that set that, and, you know, we got the got it going. Coach Morris came in and ba- basically shipped the whole culture, and he, we were his first group, got all the way to the semifinals, lost, and then, you know, that's when we blossomed the whole program. You had Russell Westbrook on a JV team who was a freshman. Uh, then you have uh, my brother, DeLon Wright, who was next in line. And then the culture, Amir Garrett, who played, who pitches for uh, Cincinnati Reds. So Coach Morris has basically grew that culture with my group, uh, you know, going to the semifinals and, you know, making a lot of noise in that area. And then the list goes on as far as the players that losing your seeds now. So that's kind of a short story how it happened. And Reggie Morris was the person to get that whole thing uh, booming. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now, you so you finished your senior year. You still played baseball, or did you had given it up by that point? You were baseball all no, the way through. I was still playing baseball. I hit. I had my best year. I, I hit five fifteen. I led the team in triples and doubles. Dang. Uh, I was second in the team in, in home runs. And like I said, I had Henry Bibby coming to my baseball games to recruit me. So I I, I got the basketball coaches at the baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what made you decide to attend South Kent? after losing so now now i'm going to the au circuit now i go to abcd camp i'm going to five-star camp i'm going to all these camps so uh eric harden who coached me with the paladin said hey d right if you go to prep school you'll be able to go to the nba the following year mind you i told you i never even thought about the nba excuse me i'm just excited that i might got a chance to go to a, a major d1 college so he like, D. right. I'm telling you, you're going to go to all these camps. They're going to see you. Now you're going to see the East Coast. You're going to see them. But if you can go and do what you just did this year and do that on the East Coast, you're going to the league the next year. And I, I remember going home and telling my mom and dad, yo, Coach Eric told me if I go to prep school, I can uh, go to the NBA. I said it very casual like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Yo, you need to go tell Coach Eric. He don't know what we're talking about. Like, that's some BS. That's baloney. You going to college, and you're not going to the NBA next year. I'm just letting you know that now. So, uh, had to find a prep school. My mom and dad, we all did our due diligence. Uh, now, Sonny Vaccaro is in the picture now. Now, Sonny has been a huge part of uh, decision-making in my house. You know, he basically uh, consulting the family and telling them, hey, I think this is a good opportunity. I think this and that. So I got, I, I, you know, owe so much to Sonny and Pam because they played a major part in, you know, me developing, finding the proper prep school, and then giving my mom and dad that go to the league. So that's kind of how South Kent came along. Uh, Rafael Chilios did a great job with uh, letting me know how they were going to be able to develop me, how they'd be able to get me qualified and, and not qualified the 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 uh the wrong way, the right way. Yeah. As far as like, you're gonna be in class, you're gonna take you gotta this series. This you're gonna, you gotta knock Yeah, we're gonna out. get you right. You're gonna have options after you leave here. So that's kind of how that came about. And it was one of the best decisions I made. Where did you Rafael Chilius, who I met when he was coaching with Lorenzo Romar at the University of Washington? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then where did you meet Sonny? Was that ABCD? Uh, I met Sonny before ABCD. Uh, Eric Harden kept sending him my highlights. Hey, you got to get this kid in, and um, and you got to get this kid in ABCD camp. He's the uh, most unsigned. He's one of the best unsigned, underrated player. He sends Sonny, and Sonny's favorite line when he tell people how he met me, he's like, "Yeah, this guy's a you coach uh, for whatever team." He always messes the name up. Uh, instead of saying the Paladins, he always say something, the wrong name. Or, yeah, he kept calling me. He kept emailing me and kept telling these people, get in contact because there's some guy named Darrell Wright was the best 
And I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I never watched the tape. Somebody kind of put the stamp on it. And that's how Sonny invited me to the camp. And uh, we know we, before that, we met in person, met in person. And um, one of the best days ever meeting him, because when I met Sonny, I also met TJ Four. He was just fresh off a, a championship. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we all know Sonny has a lot of great relationships with, you know, previous players. Yep. So kind of told me what to look for and what was going to happen when I got the ABCD camp. And Sonny, you know, we build that relationship before ABCD camp. And then I go there, kill it. And he also brought T-Mac to one of my games just to see me. I saw he, he brought me over. This is Tracy. You know, a lot of people are comparing you guys. He's going to watch your game. You wow. better do good. So wow. that was pretty dope. But you, it, was, it was a series of just kind of a, it's crazy events that took place for you. Uh, as far as your your basketball journey was concerned, yeah. you, know, you got Pat Barrett, you got Sonny, and you're just and and all at every stop you're turning it out. I mean that's ultimately right. what happens. <laughs> ultimately yeah. you turned it out at every stop. It didn't matter if it was Sonny, whoever. I right. the real right is turning it out. So if you exactly. go rock with me or not, I guess my question now, now that Rafael Chilius has given you the blueprint for how you know you're going to develop you, get you qualified, et cetera, for that year, there had to be. Well, let me ask you this: What, what you had baseball? still mm-hmm. kind of looming in the back picture. So now was it a deal where South Kent had a baseball team too, or yeah. how did that work? They did. But, you know, at this point I'd already verbally committed to, to DePaul. So I kind of, I kind of knew. And then after the ABD, ABCD camp, a lot of like the, the word got, got out, like, nah, he ain't going to college. He, he got potential to go to NBA. So the buzz started at ABCD camp. Cause remember, uh, you got all the hundreds of college coaches and then you got this NBA scout. So mm-hmm. um, I get to South Kent, they like baseball, that's out. And I'm like, cool with me. I already <laughs> had my, I'm like, I don't want to play. <laughs> so once I got to South Kent, the word was already out. Like, yo, this dude going to the lead after the, after this year. So now what Eric Harden told me months ago, right after the losing your season and mm-hmm. like kind of the middle of AAU circuit, Mm-hmm. The word was out. So when I got there, it was like, yo, you, I heard you might be going to a lead after this. And I kind of was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's going to happen. I don't know. I think that's going to happen. So that's kind of how all that happened. Like I was, my mind shifted. I was no longer thinking I was going to college. My whole mindset shifted to I'm going to the lead now. So when I got there and chills, you know, whatever, he kind of knew too, like, yo, we're getting you prepared for the next, next level. How old, how old were you at this time when you're going? I'm 18 because I graduated at 17. So it oh, okay. so put me in my right grade when I did my post-grad year. Okay. And so you go through the season at South Kent now. Mm-hmm. Presumably the NBA pre-draft process is next. Uh, right. How Talk a little bit about that process for you and if you have any crazy kind of stories from a crazy workout or anything like that. Yeah, so during the season, though, I had, like, you know, the NBA scouts there, so – we're going to all these big events, you know, Danny Ainge from the Celtics. A lot of the Heat people followed me. Uh, so I'm getting these different scouts at the game. So, so Danny Ainge is in the building. Yeah, they come, yeah. they pulling, yeah, they pulling up. So <laughs> that's how real it's getting. You know what I mean? They pulling up. And a lot of times I didn't know what was going on. So Chill was like, you know, uh scout from Sixers was here, a scout from here was here. I was like, really? He's telling me this after the game. I'm like, shit, well. They know they I just had 30, so they know. <laughs> so uh, but once you get to the pre-drive workout, it's a funny story. I tell the headmaster of school. 
J.R. Smith, Josh Smith, Sebastian. These are all my homies because I went to ABCD camp. I went to USA. So we, I didn't, I'm in a group. I'm in a clique now. Like they, they, I'm one of them now. I'm hearing they leaving school early to, to start getting ready for pre-draft camp. I go tell the headmaster, hey, all the high school kids that's coming out, they going to pre-draft camp. He like, that's cool. You ain't going nowhere. You're going to do it here because you got to finish school. Remember, we set a goal. We told your parents you're going to be qualified for college. So if that don't happen, you're going to be qualified. I'm like, okay. So uh, the pre-draft camp and, uh, you know, all the workouts were cool. Uh, the craziest stuff was just when I did the two workouts in Boston, just all the running and, and things of that nature. Uh, it was pretty simple because a lot of the stuff that we did there, Chills was preparing us for. And a lot of stuff we questions that questions that teenager, like, why are we doing this? It's crazy. Once I got to those pre-draft camp or workouts, we were doing that. So nothing really crazy. I did two, I did two workouts for Boston and I did three for Miami. I did two in Miami and then they came to South Kent to watch me work out too. So that was pretty crazy for them to come all the way to South Kent. Who came? Pat Riley? No, it was um what is uh Cam? Oh, check camera? Check camera. There you go. Yeah. The OG came and see yeah. me. So yeah. that's who it was. So that 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 was pretty crazy for them to come there. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That you man, you got a crazy story, man. That's really crazy. On. You because you because <laughs> you you from South Central, but you mm -hmm. went to South Kent. Yeah, you got all these league dudes coming to see you, man. You yep. didn't play, you didn't play on the traditional route. You nope. kind of hit hit a couple spots, turned it out. You have a really, really interesting story, but let's keep going, man. Let's keep going because I, I, this, I'm fascinated with the heat and the heat culture, yep. right? So I've, I followed that organization for a while. Mm -hmm. I actually met with Spolster back in 2012 at the heat offices. I was trying to sell them some software. Uh, that's okay. a whole another story, but I was down there. In the heat. <laughs> I was down there in the heat offices, man. I was chilling with Spo <laughs> and them. It was crazy, but I just kind of was curious, man, because we hear a lot about the heat mm -hmm. culture and how they, you know, they stress conditioning and mm -hmm. the physical mm -hmm. toughness. When you were going through the pre-draft process with the Heat, did was the what could you get a sense that it was a little bit different the way they did things down there, or was it following in line with pretty much what everybody else was doing? A hundred percent, because now you know people talk. I did twenty six workouts. Remember, I, I didn't have no agent, so I kept that open. So I had some random person scheduling these workouts, and Sonny was pissed. He was like, "Who is doing this?" They got you going to Boston, then you come to L.A., then you going to Chicago, then you going back to – I was doing that. Like, wow. I come back to L.A., then I go all the way to Atlanta, then I go to Seattle. Like, it was no real structure wow. uh, with my – but, you know, I'm 18, I'm green. I don't – you know. So those conversations start like, yo, who, who you worked out for so far? Uh, you tell them I went to Miami, I went to Boston. Everybody was like, that Miami one, right? I was like, Miami – Boston because of that running at the end and New Orleans were the toughest ones. And then you think about it, the running is just at the end. They just want to see what type of shape you're in. Miami, uh, New Orleans, the common denominator. You got Pat Riley, you got Byron Scott. So mm -hmm. we all know Byron Scott mm -hmm. took a lot of that blueprint from what Pat Riley did. Mm -hmm. So those were the two toughest ones. But my cardio and where I was, you know, as far as in shape, it was easy to me. I'm 18. I'm so excited to be here. Mm -hmm. You could. I, it was nothing I was complaining about because I was so happy to be there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They saw like everything we did. I was okay with it. Like you know, I, I did it at full speed. Uh, I didn't show no weakness to all the cardio stuff. So I kind of think 
that's what really made me do three workouts. And then I didn't think of it to the end. Like, damn, I did do three workouts with them. That may, that might be why they drafted me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, took, they, they took you with the, with the 19th pick of the 2004 yeah. draft. You were officially a first rounder. Talk about when you heard your name called or did you know already? Did they Did they call you already and tell you? Yeah, so Calvin Andrews at the time was my agent. You know, I signed with BDA and Bill Duffy and Calvin Andrews. And before they called me, um, he called me into my kitchen. He was like, come here right fast, D, right? He was like, Miami just called. They want to know if you can handle South Beach. Mind you, never been to Miami like that. I went there, do my workout, and I left. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can handle the Miami. So that that was that. Then a few picks later, they end up calling my name. I kind of got, you know, I, I kind of set up a little bit like, dang, he did just ask me about Miami. Let me see. I did do three workouts. And then when they called my name, it was the best feeling in the world, man. Uh, definitely changed my life. I know a lot of people in Miami were upset because they took me before Jameer Nelson uh, with that 19 pick. And I know a lot of people thought they needed a point guard for uh, D-Wade to, to kind of like match up in that backcourt. Mm-hmm. And one of the first questions they asked me was like, "What? how did you feel about the booze, this and that? I was like, shit, I was in the house with full uh, full of people that loved me. I didn't hear no booze. It was all cheers. So, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't take that person. I don't, I didn't care. Like, I don't, I don't have control of who drives me, but right. that was definitely uh, a, a big, big highlight of my career and, and, and life, young life as well. You still remember your, your rookie, that first rookie training camp and when you had to go at, you know, D Wade and, and all yeah. some of these guys, who was it? Eddie Jones and Eddie Jones. Shannon mm-hmm. Anderson. I mean, you had, yeah. you had about eight, six or seven small forwards. So practice for you. That's what I noticed kind of looking back on it. And I was like, man, this dude had to go up against some dogs in practice. Every single day was a challenge. Uh, my main matchup was uh Rasul Butler, rest in peace and rest Eddie peace. Jones. Wow. Uh, and they, they really got me to where our, you know, my career was, you know, competing at a high level. One thing about me, you didn't have to tell me to go hard. So like I, they used to have to be like, yo, bro, you need to chill out. It's a walkthrough. I'm busting Eddie Jones lip. He looking at me like, bro, what's up with you, bro? You need to chill out a little bit. I'm like, what I do? He's like, man, my lip is bleeding because you ain't here going too hard. So I was one of those dudes. They used to have to be like, yo, slow it down a little bit, young fella. But, you know, I, I really, really had the opportunity to compete at a high level against some of the greats, you know what I mean? D-Wade, Eddie Jones, Shannon Anderson, Derek Anderson uh, in my first few years. So they just kind of taught me the ropes of how to work and how to bring it every single day. So that's something I really appreciate with those guys and, uh, you know, some stuff I try to install in the kids I coach now. As a rookie, you Shaquille O'Neal, Christian mm-hmm. Leitner and Alonzo Mourning were on that Heat team. Now that's a, that's a, right. that's an amazing trio for a lot of reasons. Three of the greatest college stars that the game has ever seen, and just American basketball folklore. I mean, Shaq, yep. Leitner, Zoe. I mean, those are some of the biggest legends. What was it like being around them? And what kind of dudes are they? You got any stories from them, brothers, man? Oh yeah, I got stories <laughs> for days. But <laughs> well, uh, a PG one, a PG. Yeah. One. <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, with Shaq, it was a little bit different. You know, I'm a I'm a Laker fan growing up. I just watched him win back to back to back championships. Then I go get drafted by Miami, and we go trade for him two three weeks after I'm drafted. So I'm like, wait, what? I'm about to be on a team with Shaq? Surreal. You know, he's one of those dudes that's bigger than life, a big jokester. So once I was able to team up with him, you know, he kind of knew who I was because we got mutual friends. My mom, best friend, my mom used to work for LAPD. 
So one of my mom's close friends was a detective for LAPD. And they kind of took Shaq under his wing, you know, when he wanted to be a police officer, mm-hmm. learn about the uh, the force. So they kind of connected us. So she told Shaq, this is my best friend's son, so make sure you look out for him. So nice. he kind of came there already knowing who I was because of her, uh, Marcellus. So uh, it, it was cool because he took me under his wing. He treated me well. Uh, always, you know, random, like clown stuff all the time. But the, the stories, you know, go for days, just being a big prankster uh, and just being just a big brother, man. But the funny thing is with, with him and Zoe, he's always get on. He's a Zoe, I'm five minutes better than you. You just remember, I was in the league five minutes before you because obviously he was the first pick. And, you know, Zoe being the second pick, it's yeah. always joke on him about that. But it was always cool. Zoe was more of that uh father figure he 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 didn't treat me like a little homie he used to treat me like he was my dad like i used to say crazy stuff i'm 18 19 joking always doing wild stuff and he used to always be looking at me like what, what would make you say something like that young i'm like i'm just goofy man just saying anything but everybody else laughing so serious as i don't know what so that was that was cool with zo because it was different you know i shack yeah. i go over there Joke with hey, Zoe and tell me some real stuff like yeah. you need to do this and that. I'm like, all right, man, God dang. And then Leitner, <laughs> he was just laid back. He he was just, you know, yeah. um one of those dudes that, you know, he, he just was a vet. He wasn't yeah. it wasn't nothing too crazy yeah. with him. Uh he did pass me the ball on my first bucket and made sure he told me, Hey Brooke, don't ever forget whoever who gave you your first assist. So I'd never forget that moment. But uh three cool dudes, uh took a lot of a lot of uh, advice from them soaked it up like a sponge. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. How was your relationship with uh, SVG, Stan Van Gundy? It was it was whatever. You know, yeah. I was still a young fella. I think Stan really wanted Jameer Nelson as well. Yeah. I think he, uh, you know, thought that that was the right fit for them. Right. So I, I don't want to say that he treated me a different way because that didn't happen. Because I think, you know, after you look back at it, Stan is just like that with everybody. You know, he's just about his craft and that's about winning, developing. So uh, he, he definitely stayed on me. Uh, he used to hate when I went left all the time. Why? <laughs> what do you, you say about you going left? If you go left one more time, I'm going to find you. So... <laughs> That was the one thing he used to say. If you go left one more time, you're getting fine. What was he tripping but, on, though? Why was he tripping on the left? Because I used to break every play. You know, I'm, oh, thinking, yeah, I'm yeah, coming yeah. from being a man. I didn't know that, you know, you got to run a play every single time. I used to think, <laughs> hey, it's my moment right now. I don't play. I got to show you. I'm trying to play. So he used to just stay on me, you know. And yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like the older I got and when he was away, like when he went to another team, I think we were even more cooler. You know how it is. Some people – are okay, but you see how much they benefit you and how much they uh, helped you once they're gone, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's kind of how it was, our relationship with Stan. But we were always cool. Uh, no, no hard feelings for him. He was just on me all the time. And, you know, as a young player, you want you need people like that. What, in your vantage, from your vantage point, what was the, I guess, you know, the single most important factor behind you guys winning the, the championship in, in 2006? Uh, the biggest thing was uh, the leadership of Pat Riley. You know, Stan, you know, he stepped down. Pat came in and took over, but it was a leadership. It was him holding everybody accountable. Uh, we had the saying 15 strong, and we really meant that. Like, we all on a rope together. Like, if our brother do it, we all go go down doing it. So 
just him bringing us together, him motivating us, uh, him making us understand why those Showtime teams were champions and crowned at the end of the season. And he showed us the blueprint and everybody followed that blueprint. Everybody believed. And, you know, he, he played a major part in that. Uh, D-Wade played a major part in that just uh, because Shaq told him, this is your team and we're going to follow you. And I think with those two leaders and then you add a Shaq, a Gary Payton, uh, it's no way you could lose because everybody is on that same rope. And I think that was the biggest thing, just the leadership and the togetherness we had. Yeah, that team was tight. And it was a, a, a you guys played as a unit, but man, you guys, D Wade, he kind of took it to another level at times. Right. And you played against the greatest, some of the greatest of all time. Right. Where, where do you think? And I'm not saying give me a number or anything like that. Where do you think though? Does D Wade? Where does his place of his all time greats of the of, of basketball as a shooting guard position? I think he's the top five shooting guard of all time, uh, just because of the credentials. And before the LeBron and before the Chris Bosh, he actually put a team on his back and went and told everybody, I ain't going out like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sure did. You know what I mean? So that's what puts him in that top five of all time. Mm -hmm. And and I've never heard nobody argue that. Like, that's a fact. Uh, The way he did it, uh, you know, on the both ends of the floor, he was a bad boy. Mm -hmm. So I I would definitely put D-Wade top five. Okay, yeah, that, well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let me ask you this: one more thing on Miami. Now, what was where was Spo at this time? Uh, you were playing. He was assistant, Spoh, right? Yeah, he was assistant coach, and he was more one on one with D Wade. He did a lot of stuff with D Wade. Okay, okay, and you played and you played with. I mean, you played for his assistants uh, during your career. A number of guys that had made it uh, as head coaches in the NBA, Stephen Silas, Lloyd Pierce, Wes Unsell yep. Jr., Michael Malone. Is there, was there anything, and this is just a random question, but could you tell certain guys are built for this job more than 100%. others as head coaches? A hundred percent. You just see the passion and all those people you just named that I played for all of those guys or they were assistant coach, but the passion, uh, you know, the IQ and just being there early, leaving late, always locked in on the film, um, always spoke up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some assistants don't really speak up, but these dudes were speaking up. Mm-hmm. These are the dudes that pull you to the side, like, hey, we need to do this and this, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and out of all those guys, I think the next one on the list is uh, Dander, uh, David Vanderpool. Vanderpool, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Same same guy that go in that same category with these dudes you just named. Yep. But the thing with Spo is just his passion, how he, uh, the attention to detail, and holding people accountable, things of that nature, where you see him as a head coach, and you're like, I ain't surprised. Like, people are like, are you surprised? Not surprised at all, because I saw him do, I saw him do it every single day. And, what you, and from what I gather, what you see is the work is what yes. ultimately yes. all of them guys kind of have in common, locked into the field, yes. on the court, and then asking questions and not afraid to talk. That, yes. those, those are two huge things, mm-hmm. I think, that uh, a lot of times you get intimidated a little bit, don't want to say nothing, but, man, you got to right. raise, raise your hand and say something, man. You got to, man, because a lot of coaches think their opinion don't matter because a head coach is locked into his whatever, his scheme, his system. But you got to say something, especially when you – you the assistant coaches have better relationships with the head coaches because that's how it goes. Yep. They spend more time with it, so – you got to speak up sometime, and that's when you get the trust from your players to come to you openly and tell you stuff so they could go back to make this sure the team is doing better. So I think those are the guys that, that wasn't afraid to, you know, uh, voice their opinion. 
Absolutely. And then after Miami, you signed with the Golden State Warriors, where in 2011, under head coach Keith Smart, you had a career high in pretty much every statistical category. You jumped, mm -hmm. made a big time jump, 16 and a half points a game, which was, I believe, Steph's second season in the league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was early on. Right. Um, at this at this point in your career, playing with Steph Curry, what was your opinion of him? Sort of, if you could take yourself back to Darrell in 2011, what was your opinion of him at that time? Uh, work ethic. Boy, oh. just going to work. <laughs> He's going to work. And you used to have to tell him, like, you know, me and Monte led the lead that year. We know we were top five in the league. It was him or Luol Deng, then him, and then me. I think we were top three in minutes uh played that year so you know we we were serious about our rest yeah we worked on our craft but we had to rest we used to be like Steph like you know relax young fella we got a game tonight in there in a full sweat uh getting to it so I think uh just seeing the work he put in that was the one thing that used to always be in the back I'm like Man, this young fella be in the gym uh so I think now seeing him is not a it's not like oh wow like he's this big time player no I remember he worked he worked on his craft. He wanted to be better. So uh, that was my my main thing. Like, yo, this kid has a lot of potential. If he can stay healthy and keep working like he does, he's going to be one of the best players in this league. So you could see it then because the, what physical tools, like what nuances of, to Steph's game, like the things that Hoopers kind of recognize, what were some things that you kind of saw you know, I don't know if maybe the way, you know, he's able to pull, hesitate. I don't right. know. If maybe it's a technical thing. But did you see, like, little nuances to his game that you said, Damn, Oh yeah, that's different? Super crafty around a basket. He could finish yeah. different ways. He had the handle. Yeah. He had the IQ. He could, mm -hmm. play, he could play make. Very underrated playmaker. And then he could shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did we know that the game was changing? That uh, with, with shooting being the number one option? No, we didn't know that. But he had all those tools and those attributes he just had to put it together yeah and the he next, did <laughs> no so you guys 36 and 46 that season i think you guys mm -hmm. decided they've decided to make a change a head coach bring yep. in mark jackson they draft uh clay thompson amongst yep. others um you averaged what nine ten points a game that year mm -hmm. now at the time i'm looking at articles they say you took a step back as far as your yeah. game they used the word regress what, did Clay's arrival have anything to do with you sacrificing sort of what you were doing out there? Or was this something that, you know, you just you can't really explain why? Or was it no, something it, in the play? It's team play. Well, I, well, the biggest thing is the change, you know, having Keep Smart, who let me go. And then having Mac, Mark Jackson, who let me go. But, you know, it wasn't the same style of play. You know, it wasn't as free. You know, Keep Smart was under Dan, Don Nelson. So that means we got to get up a bunch of threes. We got a running gun. So I, I had way more attempts and way more opportunities to average 16 points. You know, I'm playing 40 minutes a game, shooting the ball almost 17 times a game. I'm shooting eight threes a game. That, you know, it's a lot of opportunity there. So yeah. with Mark, you know, he kind of wanted me to still be myself. I got off to a slow start. So I was kind of behind the needle on everything. Then, you know, I, I caught rhythm things of that nature, but it was just different. You know, my minutes got cut a little bit. We also had Brandon Rush. So yeah. Brandon, Brandon Rush is playing behind me. He was playing good. So sometimes he had finished the game. Yeah, as a starter, you want to finish the game. But, you know, as a as a teammate, a, a team player like I am, you understand, hey, he playing better than me. He outplaying me mm -hmm. right now, and, and that's just how it happened. So 
I, w- I wouldn't definitely say – I definitely wouldn't say uh, because Mark Jackson came or Clay Thompson. No, I just didn't, uh, you know, meet those expectations that I set in the beginning of the season, which happened. So yep. definitely uh, wish I did better. Still, you know, was one of the top guys in the league with threes made the year before I led the lead in, in threes made. Uh, the following year, I still think I made 100 some threes. I wasn't as satisfied as I was a year before because obviously you want to do the same thing, but I felt like, you know, maybe I outgrew the situation. So uh, I, I was definitely happy I got a fresh start and was able to, you know, move on from, you know, the go to state era and, and go to Philly. Yeah, no, absolutely. One last thing. Did you ever think that these two, Steph and Clay, would be regarded as the greatest shooting backcourt? In NBA history, was there anything? Was there ever a moment in your practice of you hooping against? You know how you can hoop against somebody. You right. might see a dude hit fourteen threes on you. Right, right, right. You know, so you'd be like walking away. Nobody else saw it, but yeah. you know. Was there ever a moment like that, D? It was never a moment, but I know Clay used to kick me and be rush butt in three point uh, practice. We do these drills. You had to shoot for a minute each spot. Yeah, like you know, I'm going. I'm getting. I'm hitting seventeen or eighteen. Uh, B rush hitting seventeen or eighteen. Then Clay come and hit twenty four in a minute. He's like, "Dang!" Like, and and I'm telling you, bro, I'm not. We not even missing like that. Yeah. We hardly missing. Yeah. So I just tell you how how high of a clip he was shooting. He wasn't missing at all. So he's yeah. like, "Dang!" Yeah. Like this young dude is a, a a rookie. He's shooting the ball like that. So he showed signs. He showed flashes to being a good player, but not a great player. You know because. He's still super laid back. Yeah. Uh, Clay used to get there 10, 15 minutes before practice start. Wow. Still got stuff all in his eye. Don't speak to nobody. So you like, yo, if he, you know, if he can get here a little bit early. But he, well, one thing I can say, he has stayed behind. You know, yeah. after, you know, when you're a vet, you're going to get it in uh, before practice, after practice. You know, we try and tell him, like, yo, bro, you need to start getting here a little bit earlier. And Clay was like, okay, and never did it. He, he'd get his work after, but teach his own. Like, it's a new league now. Guys got what they prefer. When we came in the league, I was in the league with older players. Me and the Montes we came out of high school, so we was with a whole different era. Yeah. He coming in with a new era. I think this is my, like, seventh year in the league. He like, oh, I'm going to get here when I get here. I get the work in when, yeah. I'm, when I get it in. <laughs> so it worked out. So that was our biggest thing. Like, if he could start getting here a little bit earlier and yeah. taking this crap a little bit serious, he could be a good player. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how we what we saw with Clay. And then once I left and he, he got more of a role, you mm-hmm. could see, like, okay, he could be really, really good. Absolutely. And he definitely, they both blossom into the Splash Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then, so then you, you dip from Golden State and then went to Philly with Doug Collins. Uh, you have there were four LA dudes on that roster: Nick Young, Justin, and Drew Holiday. How was that? Yep. And then you had Kwame Brown. How was that experience in Philadelphia? Ah, man, that was a roller coaster. To be honest with you, uh, just the Philly man being in Philly. Uh, that team they kind of built it around Andrew Bynum, so that's why they went to go get me, Jason Richardson, Nick Young. They needed to add shooting around this big fella who is going to cause double teams and you have to kick it out to somebody. So that was the whole thing. So we, now we teaming up with Evan Turner, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday, Thaddeus Young, Spencer Hall. They were already there. So uh, myself, Clay, I mean, uh, myself, Nick, uh, Kwame, we're going to be coming off the bench. Jay Richard be starter. But 
Andrew Wiggins was hurt. I mean, Andrew Bynum was hurt that whole year. So it did. We didn't meet expect, expectations. So we heard a lot of those blue birds early. You know how Philly. Yeah, that's is. rough. You, that's rough. Yeah. So, man, it was tough sometimes because you'd be in the first quarter down seven or eight. They booing you. And Doug Collins like, y'all hear that? Like, that's that's for us. Because we we not you know doing what we supposed to be doing so it was a it was a roller coaster to be honest with you I enjoyed my time there but you know that one year was more than enough for me yeah and then you finished your career uh, in Portland with the Trailblazers mm-hmm. before um, retiring I guess yeah. one one of the thing I'm curious about is what was the when was the moment you knew that it was time to shut it down well I, when I went to Europe you know I got those four years in Europe so I did China I did Germany. I did Russia and then I did like a quick stint in Bosnia. Um, But I just knew like, this is not what I want to do no more. Like I gave the game everything. Uh, My body wasn't responding the way I would want it to respond. Uh, My, my kid was getting ready to be an eighth grader and I'm an eighth grader and a seventh grader. I'm like, this is the time when, you know, I'm thinking about when my, my childhood, which way you go, you either do the streets or you do the sports. Obviously, my kid don't grow up, didn't grow up how I grew up. So let's make that loud and clear. Uh, so I'm like, this is the time where you either gonna veer off and do something, or you gonna pick the sports night. So absolutely, I'm like, it's so important for me to be a father because when I went and played those four years in Europe, my family was living in the states. So I'm like, I gotta be there for my kid. You know, I gotta be that father figure. Yeah, I'm doing a great job. I'm providing. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm telling him what he needs to do through FaceTime, but I need to actually be there and, and make sure he's doing the right thing and be that, you know, that, that figure for him. So that's when I kind of, you know, was like, yeah, it's over. I told my wife, my wife was like, well, everybody was like, wait, what? Like you got so much more left. Like I was like, but I don't want to play basketball no more. And I think a lot of that has to do with not only just being a father and being around for my kids, a lot of that has to do with me being a baseball player my whole life. So I love basketball, but I didn't love basketball like, you know, some of my peers, like a Bobby Brown, a mm-hmm. Pooh Jetter. They still hooping. They 38, 37, mm-hmm. still want to hoop. Me, I'm like, I'm cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I got everything out of it. I'm good. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I felt, too. Like, yeah, I love basketball, but I didn't love it like that. So I felt like I was okay with walking away. Yeah. Wow. I mean that's a heck of a decision, when, especially when you still got some left in the tank. But oh, yeah. you, you don't love it like that. And then the odyssey of of traveling and playing overseas right. can definitely uh, leave a bad taste in some people's uh, mouths. I, I've played in Russia, Turkey, France, and then uh, I hit a groove in Qatar, which is right okay. in, the middle, in the Middle East, right next to Dubai. And uh, I, I spent four years out there, and I, that was probably my favorite experience. But you miss out on so much at home and, and I can't, so much. You, you cannot overstate the importance of a father being home in those form, formidable years, seventh grade or adolescence and kind of that 13, 12, yeah. 13, 14, you know, where everybody be real bad. You right. know, that's, that's when you be real bad. Right. So now it's like, <laughs> we need a dude around here. Right. So this dude ain't tripping. No, I totally get it, man. And, and that's, that's a, that's a great decision. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What made you decide to start your own AAU uh, program? So with, with that, that's a great question. I just know, man, I just know what goes on with AAU basketball. Uh, I, I feel like um, the state of AAU basketball is in a bad state. Uh, the, re- the reputation uh, for AAU basketball isn't, isn't good. Uh, the representatives for AAU basketball aren't there. And I felt like we needed more people like me 
to be in there. So now you see the Russells and you see the EYBL, you see the John Walls, the Bradley Bill, you see these guys that's in basketball create their own teams because it's important to see the guys you want to be like, either being a program director, either mm-hmm. being the sponsor or being me, uh, the coach. So I felt like it was needed. I felt like AAU basketball sometimes can be a joke because a lot of people are just rolling the basketballs out. So I felt like uh, these kids need to learn how to play the basketball the right way. I can't help everybody, but the small group of kids that's in my program, I feel like I could you know, help them succeed the dreams that they want to uh, pursue and the things that I reach. So I was like, what's, what's better than me being a director or coach and coaching my son and some of the top talent in, in this area. So that's kind of what led me to do it after seeing my son playing for different teams. And, you know, I really wasn't tripping. I want my kid to be good yeah. later. I don't want my son to be good right now. <laughs> I want him to be solid. I want him to be out there. I've got a deer looking at me through the window, which wow. is funny. Big bummer. <laughs> Where you live at? Where you live at, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the boonies in the I Bay see. Area, Jeez, he, all in the, he all in the interview looking at I just don't want to run through my window. <laughs> So I'm like, what you looking at, right? So, uh-huh. yeah. So, uh, you know, my it's a long term goal for my my kid. I want him to be like me and Delon. I want him to be that late bloomer or hit that surface when he's supposed to. Now he finally hitting his stride of being a good player. So, I'm like, how can we make a make an impact in the in the community and help these young fellas get to where they need to be? And I was like, man, we got to start our own program. And I got to be a part of it. I got to be there every single day. So that's kind of what made me want to be a program director and also a, a coach. Awesome, man. And, and how did the Donda, the Donda Academy opportunity come yes. about? Oh, man, my guy, Justin LaBoy, I don't know if people are familiar with him. He uh, runs one of the biggest meme pages for our culture. Uh, and I say culture because there's a lot of stuff that we go through in African-American community and other communities. But it's a lot of relationship stuff. You know, things like that. And he and I became cool years, probably about a year and a half ago when he probably had maybe 2,000 followers. And I watched him grow his, his platform. So now he has like five to six million followers within a year. So we became cool because we always laughing at, you know, the stuff I post, he posts. And uh, seeing he had this platform and he needed to do more than just be a mean guy, right? So myself and my wife are kind of like connectors and we've had businesses. We know so many people. So I reached out to Justin like, yo, bro, let me and my wife, um, let me and my wife manage you. You do a podcast. He was all in. He was like, man, I got all these big companies reaching out to me, but they don't want to give me ownership. And, you know, now like as the community, like we, we got to be a little bit smarter about what things we do and the things we sign. So Number one thing should be ownership, especially if you deserve that. You put in that work in, you deserve deserve ownership. And it's important for our people to know that, like, yo, get ownership, own your stuff. Don't let somebody just hang something over your head and say, I got this opportunity, but not looking out for you because you bring value just like they bring value. So make sure you're being uh, taken care of as well. So that was kind of the plan. Didn't fall through. I mean, it didn't follow through or it fell through. End up doing his own thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. good. We we remain friends. So Kanye West hires him to be his main marketing strategy guy 
because he understands culture. He understands our community. Mm-hmm. So Kanye hired him to be his marketing guy. Kanye came up with a bright idea to start a, a I mean, a, a basketball program, not an AAU program, but a school that can compete with the other high schools around the area. So he was like, could reach out to some people. They was reaching out to all these coaches. And Justin was like, nah, I know the perfect person, Darrell Wright. He said, he just had an AAU team form in two years. They did number, we were number like 15 team in the country. Uh, we finished the year off the number two team in the country. He's like, I've been watching him grow his AAU program and they like one of the best teams in the country. Let's hire him. So I'm on a two day, I'm on a 12 day vacation in South of France. They call me day two, like, we need you to get to LA. I want you to meet Kanye. He want to do a school. I'm like, bro, I'm in the South of France with D-Way, Gabrielle Union, my wife having a grand old time. I ain't coming back in for another 10 days. So that's going to have to wait. So he calling me every day, man, you got to get back. You got to get back. So the day I get back, Justin calls me like, I got a Zoom set up tomorrow. We need you, yay. Get on a Zoom with yay. Yay, like, bro, I want to create my school. I want to create um, this basketball team. I want to compete with all the schools. Can you help it? Can you make this, can you make this happen? I said, oh, yeah. I said, next year we're going to have the best team. I'm going to put all the resources, coaching, everything. They was like, no, 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 We want to start today. I'm like, what? I'm like, people are in school already. People are on their teams. It's not going to happen. They was like, no, it can happen. So find a way. And I was like, let's do it. So that's kind of how I came. Became the program director uh, of Donda. And it's been crazy. And you, and you, so this program, Donda, now you guys have what, about five, six, seven, five stars? Or exactly. You guys guys got a heck of a roster. I know I've seen the names and I've seen the highlights. I was watching, I was watching the game the other day. Missed the layup at the buzzer, but didn't get it. But but uh, hey, he should have hey, he, he should have yeah. he should have he should have boomed it. You should. I mean, you tell him. You talk to him. Yeah, man, yeah. You, you got to boom that. But it's an exciting situation. You guys played uh, Veritas Prep earlier this year. I'm familiar with their program, so I got to see some of the highlights. I'm curious, how does you know you're sitting behind the eight ball taking that job, man, and trying to build a program like today within you know uh, within a matter of months? How, right. I mean. Is it a testament to the team you built, the resources you have around the country? How did how did you get it to this point so quick? Uh, it's the resources. When you're dealing with somebody like a Kanye West, um, a lot of people, and this a lot of people think like the bu- the budget is unlimited. Like you just we just about to run it up. No, you know we had a budget uh, to get things done, and we had to go do the research. I had to put my head down and do the research when it came to school. You know, going after. Uh, different schools like k-12 who we use and we uh, potentially became partners so we're partners with k-12 uh the uh, where they live at where they're going to work out at uh who's going to be the nutritionist all these things i had to use my resources so me being that connector me being you know one of the guys from la that's that's well known that's known for doing all these crazy things and things of that nature i just reached out to people that I knew that had these things that can host us, like a Frank Robinson, who became the coach. He has the district in, in semi I mean, um, Chatsworth. I Yo, know Frank. Frank was the coach. I was trying to figure out who yeah. was the coach. So it's Frank? Yeah, I know Frank. Yeah, Frank man. Robinson. Okay. Anybody know Frank? He's been having a gym called the district. That's where they go. It's cracking. That's he where got they, crack it too. Quick. Exactly. So Quick. that's where they practice at. That's where they do weightlifting at. That's where they do a bunch of things at. So 
Uh, that's kind of how I built this thing with my resources and also Kanye's resources, his name and the budget that we were able to, to use to make this come to what it is today. And then, you know, my guy Samir at Slam reaches out like, yo, we want to do uh, we want to do uh, Donda. We want to feature them. I'm like, OK, we can do it. What y'all want to do? We want to put them on a cover. We want the best two players and Kanye on the cover. We was like, no. We want the whole team on the cover because we don't want it to be an individual. It's not the NBA. If it's the NBA, it's different. But these are high school kids. Like, showcase all of them. And Slam was like, no problem. And we was like, and Kanye's going to be on there with them. Like, he's going to pose with them. So uh, the Slam just dropped yesterday. Uh, I know the, the kids are super excited about that. It's like, come on. I was I was in the back in the punk section of the Slam magazine when I was in high school and super excited. Mm. These kids are on the cover of the Slam magazine with <laughs> Kanye West. Like, unbelievable. Come on now. Unbelievable. Unreal. <laughs> but, but that just shows you the value that these kids bring and, and what this program is bringing to them as well. So it, it's definitely a great partnership. And the best part is that, you know, Kanye and, and Justin, they hired excellent basketball people exactly. and let, let them do the basketball part of everything. Exactly. And I think that has a big reason why you guys are so competitive so quick, because there's no way you guys should be this competitive that quick. I mean, come on. I mean, it just came out of came out the gate. Just we're going to get this. out of nowhere. Hey, and so give you all some time, man. So that's awesome, man. And then um, so. Talk about this. One more question, man. I, I'm going to let you go because we've been on this thing for a while and it's kind of flowed, bro. But um, I got one more thing and I just kind of want to know about uh, as far as this year's Warriors. Now, Draymond, uh, Clay is back. Draymond has been hurt. Uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel was the quote that they, they had today as far as his return. Um, surprise team. Do you think that this team, well, do you think that the second, first of all, two parts, do you think that the second unit, the bench mob, as, as I've heard you as you call them, are, are experienced enough to carry this this team to a deep playoff run. And do you think that Clay Thompson is going to round into form and become a shadow of his former self? Yeah, I think Clay Thompson to be back to himself. I think it's all about him getting his legs back under him, um, getting back into the routine. It's hard when you miss two and a half years of basketball and you just want somebody to beat them. Like, I've been through surgeries. Uh, it wasn't two years. It was a couple of months. And it took me a minute to get back to myself. So to see where Clay Thompson is right now, averaging 14, 15 points after missing all that time, is still impressive. Yeah, you know, uh, he's probably not the same player he was right now when he left. But I think eventually the more reps he gets, the more time he is on the court, uh, the more they expand, expand his minutes, he'll get back to that. So, Definitely think Clay Thompson is going to be back to the old Clay Thompson. And with this bench, I think it's the perfect fit. I think Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. These are the right pieces. Uh, Andre Iguodala, you can't forget about him. These are the right pieces for this team because I think the previous years, they didn't have the right fits like they did when they were winning those championships and when they were a dynasty. So now I think with the – with that bench, and then you add a Andrew Wiggins, you add a Kavon Looney, everybody fits perfect. Now you got your big three there, and then you add a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who was a former number one pick, somebody that gets you 15 to 20 every night. Then you go get a number, a former number three pick who's made and had a contract over $100 million in Otto Porter, who I think are the two biggest X factors on this team. So I think they could go deep 
in a, in his in his uh, playoff run and potentially win a championship because they are the number one defensive team in the NBA. And two, they they gonna put it on the line every night. Yeah, I, it's curious how the Warriors though will continue to perform moving forward if Draymond has a lengthy uh, absence. I feel like that Clay. Some of his slow start is attributed to Draymond not being there. For sure. Because you For know, sure. you know as well as anyone that Draymond on offense is is like one of the just. I mean, he, back in the day, the Bulls, the Rodman would swing the ball. I don't know if you remember the triangle, but they always swing mm-hmm. the Rodman. He'd move that thing like a hot potato so fast yep. it would just it would help the continuity of the offense. Draymond is like Rodman times ten because of For the sure. back of the back door threats on the dime, and then the nuance of knowing these two shooters like the back of his hand and how they want to curl, and then when they're getting their feet set, you know, to do that yep. quick one-two, like mm-hmm. and then make sure the pass is there. I think that to me has been one of the biggest factors and Clay's slow start. hundred percent. And also with, uh, with Steph struggling a little bit, you know, he'd been, uh, you know, for, for me or for anybody else, he hasn't been shooting a well, he's still shooting 37% from three point line, which is still pretty amazing, but we're all used to 40, 42, 43. And I think just how he sets it, sets his guys up, like you mentioned, and also the, the offense that they run, that offense is, uh, around more of a Draymond for him to be a facilitator. And it's more of that old school basketball where you pass, you move, uh, you come together, split actions, and you go different ways. It's all about read. So yeah. when you got somebody that's not used to playing that position, playing that position, it's hard to get those guys uh, their shots where they like it. So I think once Draymond is back, a lot of those things that they're struggling with right now in this little funk will definitely be uh, uh, a lot better. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these guys, too, the experience that they're getting, GP2, Jordan yes. Poole. Um, I've, got, I'm wait, I've been waiting for Wiseman just for oh, so yeah. long. I've been waiting for Wiseman forever just to kind of see, you know, what what him and Kaminga, with the lung get, those lung, young legs, yes. how, how they could potentially help, you know, well, they are going to help a, a, a roster and a rotation. You know what I mean? When you right. got two, two youngins in that mix, too. Yeah, man. Hey, it's a, yeah. Hey, it makes all the difference. It's them them yeah. closeouts and them recovers that, you know. And I think that's something that Warriors been lacking the last few years, just the athleticism. You know, you yeah. got Draymond, Clay, yeah. and Steph. They ain't the most athletic guys. Right. But then you add somebody like a Jordan Poole, Wiggins, yeah. uh, Kaminga, Wiseman. Those are athletes. Yeah. Uh, GP, too. Those are athletes. So yeah. you need that, you know, when it's time to rebound, defend, like you said, multiple uh, possessions and positions. So I think that's what's going to separate them. Yep, absolutely. And last thing, man, and before we sh- shoot off the interview, I read your letter to your younger brother. Okay. Long. Mm-hmm. Telling them, you know, watch they walk away from the card table, you know, <laughs> you know ch- chill out in Miami. Yeah. I was curious as I was reading that thing, man. That was a beautiful letter, by the way, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was curious while I was reading that thing, man, if you could pin a letter to your younger self, right? Mm-hmm. When you were 16, 17, 18, what would you tell your younger self? Or would you tell yourself any differently? Uh, yeah, no, it's some, it's some things that I did. That I, I, to be honest with you, I don't have many things that I can say I, I regret. Uh, because that obviously everything is a learning lesson and a lot of my lessons were very minimum. So that that's another great thing, but that, that just shows you the foundation and the circle uh, around me that um, held me accountable, not only myself, but the people around me hold me accountable and not having too many people around me just saying yes to everything. Like I got real people in my corner. That's going to tell me, yo, D right. You tripping. 
So uh, that's that's something I think I installed in my life early on. And, and one of those people was my wife. So uh, but if I if I had to say something, I would just be like, yo, it's a long race, it's a marathon. Um, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Um, I think the people that are successful are the people that can go through those ups and downs, you know what I mean? And take a Navigate. few bumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and know that it's all good. Like you got another day to seize the moment, carpet them, seize the moment and just don't dwell in the past. Like you got to move on every day is a new challenge. So I think that are some of the things, because sometimes, you know, I used to be in a funk. I kind of, Premeditate, uh, not premeditate, but predetermined what's gonna happen. I put bad things in the universe. My mindset what was off. I'd be like, "Yo, X Y Z is gonna happen," and when I get there, X Y Z happened. Like, why am I surprised that that happened? I said it was gonna happen instead of being like, "No, nah, we're gonna do it like this, this, and that," and you know, more positive vibes. So yep. I think that right there eliminates a lot of bad days that I have because my mindset is def- uh, different. So. I would definitely say mindset is is one of them. Have a positive mindset. Uh, be coachable. Always be coachable, and just live, man. Have fun and build those relationships as they go a long way. Wise words, ladies and gentlemen. Darrell Wright, thank you so much, my brother, for joining the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. 
with an STP extended life oil filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. 